So over the years, I have uh, grown to really enjoy gardening. I'm not a master gardener like some of you. There's lots of things about gardening that I don't understand. But I understand how much I enjoy it. I enjoy growing flowers and that any time of the year that you come to our home, you will see flowers growing in our yard. I also enjoy vegetable gardens, and I've gotten pretty good at growing tomatoes and herbs and leafy green vegetables and the like. And over the years, I've had a lot of fruit trees, too. Right now, peaches and plums. In the past, we've had apples and pears and cherries and pomegranates and figs and oranges and lemons. And I've even tried my luck with uh, some vines like raspberries and blackberries. And I've even grown some grapes. <laughs> now, grape vines take a little bit more work than some of the other fruits that I have grown. I mean, you can take just the root the grape stock and plant it in the ground and let it go wild, and it'll produce some grapes, but nothing compared to if you invest some time into it to train it and to prune it. You start with the grape stock, the roots with a little stem, cut the stem back to just a couple of buds so that most of the energy can go into the production of more roots. You stake it. You allow the vine to start growing up around the stake. Eventually, it gets to the height where it's time to start training it to grow horizontally. At first, it'll grow, you train it to go one side, and then another stem will come out, and you train it to go to the other side. You've got the root stock, you've got the trunk, and then you've got these arms that are called the cordon. Off of the cordon grow the branches, and the branches that grow off of the cordon are what produce the grapes. Now, in order to get a good crop of grapes, it's important to pay attention to pruning, not only when you first plant the grapes, but also at the right time when it's beginning to bud to make certain that you maximize your opportunity for, for fruit. And then throughout the year, for instance, if you have a branch that is not producing any fruit, you cut it off. And the reason you cut it off is because it's taking nutrients from the vine that could go to producing fruit. So I tell you that not because it's important to know how to grow grapes, but because Jesus, in today's scripture passage, uses a metaphor of a grapevine, where he says, that he is the vine, and by that he means that root stock, the stem, the cordon. And then he says, we're the branches that grow off of the vine, and we produce fruit. He also says that if there is a branch that does not produce fruit, he cuts it off. And now we know why. The purpose of a grapevine is not to be pretty, it's to produce good fruit. So let's pause and listen to uh, the Gospel of John. Mike, will you read for us? All those growing items sound delicious, sir. <laughs> uh, this morning's reading comes from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. 
You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. About 300 times the Bible talks about vineyards, grapevines, grapes, and wine. That's a lot of vine and wine talk, about 300 times. Many of those times, vineyards and vines are used as a metaphor to help us think about our own spiritual life. We saw an example of that last week from the prophet Isaiah, the fifth chapter, where we heard of this metaphor about a vineyard and how God planted the vineyard. And the vineyard is the church. And how each one of us are one of the vines in the vineyard. And we're planted in order to produce fruit. And the kind of fruit that the vineyard owner, God, desires is the fruit of justice and of righteousness. That was last week's metaphor. Now this week, Jesus uses a metaphor talking about a grapevine, but he uses it in a very different way than we heard from Isaiah. In Jesus' words, he says that he is the vine. He's that stalk in the cordon. He is the vine. And that we are the branches. We're attached to him. And because we're attached to him, we are able to produce fruit. And this idea of us being attached to him, we have a word for that in church life. It's called grace. How it is that we as Christians, our, our spirits are nourished by Jesus, by the grace of God. As the vine helps the branch to grow, we grow in our faith until a day when we can produce good fruit. It kind of makes sense to me, especially when I think about how it is that branches grow. They start as a bud, then a little bit of a stem, and it takes a while for them to grow to the point where they can actually produce good fruit. I remember Andy years ago. He became a Christian as an adult. His story might sound very familiar. He entered into a time of his life when things weren't working out so well. And he was really struggling and he knew something was missing in his life. A friend invited him to come to church. And so he started going to church. He went one Sunday, then he went the next Sunday. And that led to him asking to meet with me. And we met once and then we met twice and we met three times. And at some point he decided that he wanted to give his life over to Christ and to, and, and to turn and try to live a godly life. And in 
those first days and weeks and months of being a Christian, it was all about him receiving grace. He received that grace of forgiveness. It took a little while for him to understand that, but he received that grace of forgiveness. He began to receive some healing from some past wounds. He began to understand something of the new life that was his in Christ. And little by little, as he was receiving this nourishment from the vine, the stem started growing to the point where he began to recognize that his life wasn't just about him, but it was about others. I think of Lee. Lee was a Christian for most all of his life. I met him when he was probably about 70 years old. He was one of those men that just being near him made you feel closer to God. You know what I mean? He was just a saint of a man. He had a heart about this big. And he always wanted to do good, to give of himself. And he always gave and gave. And he would never say no to an opportunity to give. When I teach spiritual gifts classes, I often use Lee as an example of the gift of mercy and the gift of giving. His heart would just go out to people. He'd have to help them. And the way he would help them was to give. He'd give of himself. He'd give his money. He would just give and give and give. And he bore a lot of fruit for the kingdom of God. A whole lot of really good fruit. We start off in our Christian life as this little sprout. And we receive so much from God. So much grace is invested in us. It nourishes our spirits as we continue to grow. We continue to grow in our ability then to bear fruit. Freely we have received. Freely we are able to give. But now this growth from being a little sprout to being spiritually mature and being able to produce a lot of fruit, this growth requires some pruning along the way. And we have a a word for that in church life, too, that pruning. That word is convicting grace. God kind of pointing out things in our life that need to be cut back or need to be changed in order for us to live a fruitful life. So let's just take a moment and think about our lives. About our lives. Are there aspects of your life? Are there aspects of my life? Ways that I invest my time, my resources, my attention, my energy that really are fruitless, that will bear no real fruit. The, the Christian life, the Christian life is one of growing in faith and as we grow, increasing in the fruit of our lives, the fruit for God. And every aspect of our lives, every aspect, our time, our resources, our attention, our energy, every aspect of our lives has the potential to bear fruit for God. So here's a way to think about that. God isn't just interested in what you do for two hours on a Sunday morning. God isn't just interested in what you do for one day of the week. God is interested in how we live each minute of each hour 
of each day of every year of our lives. Because every moment of our lives has the potential of bearing fruit that will be a blessing to others. Likewise, God isn't just interested in what we do with 2% of our resources or 10% of our resources or 25% of our resources. God is interested in what we do with all of our resources, 100% of our resources, because how we use our resources has the potential of bearing good fruit. So in the Christian life, every aspect of our lives... Every aspect of our lives can bear good fruit. And this is the point in the sermon where you might want to start thinking, that's impossible. It's impossible that every aspect of my life would bear fruit for God. It's impossible that every minute of my day is going to do something good for God. It's impossible that every dollar that I have, all of my resources, would be used for bearing fruit for God. It just seems impossible. And it is impossible. If it weren't that we're connected to the vine, we're connected to this vine through which we receive grace sufficient for every need. And in which, in the midst of this connection, we live our whole life. So now, to unpack this a little further, let me ask you four questions. The first question is a simple question. Does God care about me? Or I could just as easily ask, does God care about you, about your life? And the answer would be, absolutely. I mean, God cares so much that Christ died for you. So God cares deeply about your life, about my life. And because God cares for your life, God wants your life to be cared for in a way that is befitting a child of God. Which means that, in my instance, some of my time, some of my resources, some of my attention goes to caring for me. And as I care for myself, I strengthen my ability to bear fruit for God's kingdom. The question, the second question, is this. Is God happy with the amount of time and resources and attention we give to ourselves? Is God happy with that? Is the attention that we're giving to ourselves preparing us to be able to bear good fruit for the kingdom? Or are there aspects of our lives that keep us from bearing fruit? Things that we spend our time on that are fruitless. I think of kind of a common experience that a lot of us have, maybe most everybody has at some point in time or another, maybe most every day, and that's to get on Facebook and see what our friends and family are doing. Okay? Not everybody's on Facebook, but most of us are exposed to it. You know, I'm not on Facebook, but Jerry is, so I look over her shoulder, and I see the pictures of my grandchildren, and I see the pictures of my children, and it makes me feel good. It's, it's time well spent, because it's kind of renewing, it's kind of refreshing to be able to see them, and, and, and so I feel like it, you know, it strengthens me a little bit. 
So spending a few minutes on that might very well be a good thing to do. But spending an hour lurking, reading all of the reposts from people that you don't even know, maybe reposting things that are judgmental or condescending or devaluing of human life, what fruit is going to be born from that? Maybe it's time for some pruning. Third question. Third question. Does God care about your family? Or does God care about my family, for that matter? Well, of course. I mean, God loves the people that you love so much that Christ died for them. And so, of course, God wants them to be treated in a way that is befitting a child of God, which means some of my time, some of my resources, some of my attention goes to the people who are closest to me in my life. It's part of my ministry. It's part of your ministry. And doing so in a way that demonstrates the love of God bears fruit for the kingdom. But the fourth question Is God happy with how we're investing ourselves in the people around us? Is God happy with the time, the resources, and the attention that we give to the people in our lives? Is the time and attention that we're giving, giving witness to the love of God, then it's bearing great fruit. But if not... If how we engage with other people is not giving witness to the love of God, then it might very well be that some of the things that we are doing or saying or thinking are fruitless. Pruning is a part of the Christian life. Growing from a little bud, a sprout, to maturity and being able to bear a lot of fruit for the kingdom It is a part of the Christian life. For every one of us, we carry things into the Christian life that need to get changed, maybe even need to be gone from our lives. And the pruning is is God's process, that convicting grace of helping us to grow and to change. The church has a part to play in that. So, some of you here might be football fans, right? Got any football fans here? Probably a few. Some of you probably are already predicting who's going to win the Super Bowl. Probably not my team, the Chicago Bears. They're not looking so good. Okay? And state right up front, watching a good football game can be a wonderful thing to do. It can be renewing to our spirits. It can be an opportunity to spend time with people that we love. Watching a good game, going to a good concert, going to a good play. These things can be wonderful things to do, but if ever the game, if ever the game or anything else for that matter becomes more important than the people in our lives, more important than coming to church, then it's become like a sucker growing off of the plant. It may be pretty, but it's going to be fruitless. Maybe time for some pruning. Church is one of those places where, where we come to think about God, to focus on God, but in the process, we can't help but think about our own lives, to begin to think about what's most important in life, maybe even some changes to be made. 
And what we find here is, a, is that grace that helps us to grow in our faith, to make those changes. And the encouragement and support from other people who are going through exactly the same thing. We're all going through exactly the same thing, being pruned as we grow in our faith. So we produce good fruit. In my ministry, I, I know one of the big things that needs to get pruned from some people's lives, probably nobody here, but I've seen it in other churches, and that's gossip. <laughs> gossip. The amount of time and the amount of energy that it takes to talk about somebody behind their back and to try to keep them from finding out, it's fruitless. It's fruitless. At best... It's a waste of time and energy, time that could have been spent on doing something that would bear good fruit. At worst, it brings about great pain in, in somebody else's life. Christian life is one of growth as we, think about, as we think about the changes that need to be made so that we bear more and more fruit for God's kingdom. Now, Jesus gives that analogy of him being the vine, him being the vine. And we're attached to him. So we receive grace from him. We receive everything that we need from him to produce good fruit. The goal of our Christian life is to, is to reach that spiritual maturity where we bear a lot of fruit for the kingdom. It's what we strive for. It's what we live for. And by the grace of God, it is what we will achieve for the glory of God. And thanks be to God. Amen.